Welcome to the next episode of the Sports Mania podcast. I'm Hubert and I'm joined by the, a new panel once again to discuss all things Premier League and transfers. So let's go. Abdi, how are you doing? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Uh, good. Back on the podcast. Good to have you back. Back Coach, again. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you for inviting me on the podcast. Never done this before. So no, no. Panel. We've never had you on, mate. It's good to, ha- it's good yeah, to have a new contributor. Ever. Speaking of new contributors... First time on the podcast, Matt, how's it going? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Very good. Good to have you. Enjoy your day beyond the podcast. Right, let's talk news items first. Uh, before anything else, Abdi Watford have done it again. Watford have done it again. Um, it was, what day was it? Sunday night? No. Sunday, Monday? Sunday, Monday sort of happened. Monday. They, they, they announced on Monday, but mm. I, 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 put, I put Sunday. No, t- no. What day is it today? Today's well, Tuesday. I've lost track Saturday. of days anyway. It, it blurs into one. Anyway, but Saturday, Sunday, apparently uh, Saturday they had already told him he was gone and he was sacked. Sunday the news sort of broke that they're going to do it. And then Monday uh, they officially announced that he was gone. So sort of it trickled out uh, and it's not really news, is it? It's just another day in the office for, for Watford. It's normal really. for Watford. It's just another day in the week, you know? Like, And now they're getting good old Ward Hodgson, you know? The, the man. So uh, <laughs> The man. The man, yes. I, I literally, you know, someone in the group said Roy Hodgson to, to Watford. And I was like, oh, maybe. You never know. That I thought they were joking. But lo and behold, Roy Hodgson is going to Watford, so... No, it's not, it's not Roy, it's Roy. Roy. Yeah. Roy, Roy the woodpecker. Boy. Anyway, but yeah, it's uh, pretty much going to happen six months to the end of the season. Watford, you're already going down anyway, so give up. I don't With know why Burnley. they do this. I don't know, why, I don't know why they treat people like this, you know? They're human at the end of the day. I don't get why they do it, but whatever, man. It's certainly a weird one with Watford. George, I mean... It doesn't really matter who manages Watford because it's not going to be for long. But Roy Hodgson, what do you think? Uh, I thought he retired. So that's what I know. Um, no, he never. How will. old is he? About 104. That's uh, optimistic. He's about Dumbledore's age, isn't he? So um, I don't know. Um, it might be. Uh, I don't. I don't really get it, to be honest. Um, with Watford, um, why did they do it? Uh, impulsive, isn't it? Like you're not good enough. F- off, get out the door. Like, come on, move on. So, so you haven't. You can have an eye test once every four Watford managers. Uh, it's it is true. Up. I did actually see that online. So yeah, it was actually quite funny. I don't know. It's uh, it's a bit mad. Um, I don't know what their board wants. Do they want them to be like, um. Like winning every single game, I'm not sure, but like, I think they're going down anyway. Because obviously, Watford used to play, yeah, used to play okay football, and now it's going to be boring. So, because Roy Hodgson's there, so if you've got any of the players in the fantasy, get rid of them. It'll be nil nil every week. Yeah, under Watford, you don't really expect much excitement under Roy. Really, it's weird in general. Like mm. Roy Hodgson, Watford. It's not. Go. It's not an immediate one I'd think of, really, for Watford. But, Matt, looking at this appointment, I mean, sacking Ranieri was not really necessary. I mean, I know it's the Watford way, but 
what is Roy going to do different that Ranieri could have done, which will save them? Because I don't really see that. Yeah, um, it's quite hard to pinpoint things that he's going to do differently. Maybe it's a one last job sort of thing for Roy. Um, I feel really sorry for Claudio Ranieri because when he came out, he was he, uh, and Sky were there and they asked him for a quick interview. He almost felt like he was trying to get away from the club. Um, so I just don't think they're looking to uh, stable the ship and Watford's always a sinking ship anyway. Um, they yo-yo up and down this league so many times. They need to stay in the championship for about four or five years and then give it a go again because it's just not working, whatever they do. Yeah, well, interesting. We'll see if Roy will be able to keep Watford up. The Unlikely, Titanic. Uh, yeah. Um, Watford, it, it, it just sinks all the time and they want to stable it. Um, I don't know. Maybe get rid of their owners. That might stabilise <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Sometimes you do wonder if it's someone behind the scenes rather than the management that is the problem at Watford, considering the way they do things. The only thing that Ranieri can do that Roy Hodgson can't do is pronounce his R's, by the way, as well. So. And that's true, to be fair. Charisma <laughs> <laughs> as well. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. pizza. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they're gutted now because mm. if they got to stay up, they was getting a big, massive meal in the restaurant in Italy. Probably, I can imagine. But yeah, not happening now. They're going to get, you know, trip to the harvester or something if they stay up. Uh, moving on to some transfer talk now. This transfer I, we actually discussed in the WhatsApp group, George. It's to do with Arsenal. And I I think it's quite an interesting signing. Luka Jovic, potentially on loan to Arsenal. And I remember saying to you that it would be a good deal, all depending on whether you'll get the Luka, the Jovic that was at Frankfurt or the Jovic that's at Real Madrid. Yeah, um, at Frankfurt he was really, really good, wasn't it? Like he was banging in goals left, right and centre, but um, the one at Real Madrid he didn't really, he flattered to see for me. Obviously he was coming in for Benzema and then obviously Benzema does what Benzema does so it kind of didn't really work out for him, but um. <laughs> Not gonna complain. I take any striker. I minute mean, I take him, Calvert Lewin, Isak, Thierry Omri. I, I even give Ian Wright a go at the minute because that's how desperate we are. Um, Get his but, grandson in. No, he plays for Stoke. I don't like them. Um, I don't know. It's. Oh, I can see it happening. Maybe we can do what uh, we did with Erdegaard because he didn't really work for Erdegaard at Real Madrid, did it? And then now since Erdegaard's been brought to the club he's been one of our better players so and I don't think he's that old is he Luke over- I'm not sure I'll check on that um, so yeah um, kind of fits in with Arsenal I suppose he's only 24 okay yeah so yeah it fits into the Arsenal um, age bracket as well at the moment so yeah I'll take him can't do any worse than what we've got at the minute Matt, do you think Luka Jovic is a good short-term solution? Because I think a loan deal has been talked about. I don't know if that. I think that I presume that's till the end of the season. Do you think that be that's one of the things Arsenal would need? Arsenal could do with for the remainder of the season. Yeah. Um, to be honest, whenever I look at strikers, I always look at you should have about three or four of them. Usually, you have the young protege from that's just come out of the academy. You have the then you have the senior players. That would be one that would be quite tall, um, who likes to hold up the ball, 
likes to try and get into the box. It's almost like a Giroud sort of type of player. Um, the other one you have is like a speedy player that will just go and win the ball, um, go win the ball or wait for that counter-attack, almost like a Martinelli or a, a Bamiyang um, sort of player. And then you have like a sort of all-rounder who can do a bit of everything. Um, Jovic is, is one of those tall players and he does like to bring people into play a bit similar to Lacazette, but he's a lot more speedy. Uh, yeah, he's got a lot more speed. Uh, because he's a bit younger and he's willing to do that, whereas Lacazette seems to be more of a cam than a striker at the moment. Um, it will be an interesting one to see if this goes through. Um, hopefully it does. I mean, we've got good relations with... I am an Arsenal fan, just to let anyone know. Um, we have good relations with Real Madrid over the last couple of years with the Odegaard deal. Not so much with Danny Ceballos, but Julio Baptista and, and things like that. We've done deals with them in the past, so it's just about making sure we can get this over the line. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting if it happens. I mean, Abdi, what do you think of this transfer? Is it likely to that loan deal to happen? Because to me, I think, to me, that's a really good solution for Arsenal. You know, even if that's the only transfer they get this window, that's really good. Yeah, it'd be uh, decent for them. Um, to be fair, I haven't seen too much of Jovic since he uh, went to Real Madrid. He's kind of gone a bit silent. Um He's still at Real Madrid at the moment, isn't he? Right yeah. Yes, he is. I think so. so. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. They 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 sent him out on loan a couple of times. I think they sent him to. They sent him back to Frankfurt at one point as well. I think maybe they sent him to Italy. I don't know if they did, but um, yeah. If he could, if if he goes to Arsenal, Real Madrid and Arsenal have this weird thing anyway, where they they give each other loan players. You know, they've got Odegaard, Ceballos. And if they get Jovic, that's, a, that's three in a row, really. So um, I could see it. Uh, would it work? I don't know. Um, just have to wait and see, to be fair, because he's needs to find himself again. It's um, People who rip it up in the Bundesliga don't always translate over to the Premier League. Like, look at Timo Werner. He, he is doing well for himself, but maybe not to the extent people would have thought he would be at. Um, but yeah, let's just see if it happens and how it goes. But if it does, good luck to him. Yeah, we'll see if it happens. It'd be pretty good to see him in the Premier League considering he was rumoured to come to the Premier League when he was at Frankfurt in uh, 2019 in the, with him. in the lead up to the 2019-20 season, but nothing ever happened with that. Right, we'll move on to talking Premier League then. Talk about some of the games we've had. And uh, Matt, we're going to start with the crazy game that was Leicester City Spurs where, I mean, that game had probably everything. Leicester City doing really well for themselves. And then in the dying minutes of the game, Spurs went and, uh, yeah, nicked it. It just reeks of uh, a very much a Leicester bottle job. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Leicester uh, or Brendan Rodgers. More so Brendan Rodgers than anyone else. Um, So the fact that they were leading 2-0 at the time and they allowed Tottenham to get into the match and not only win it, but win it in the last, literally last kick is a kick in the teeth. Um, this Leicester team's a good team. I'm not going to deny that. Uh, they won FA Cups, they won Premier Leagues together. They should be able to do these sorts of things without uh, losing these sort of games. They needed these sort of games to win, to get back into Europe. I don't see them 
really doing very well. Um, they've got FA Cup, the FA Cup to uh, keep hold of, to try and keep hold of even. So um, at the moment, I think their mind's in two, two or three places. They don't know whether or not to stay um, in touch with the league, try and go for that, that, try and get as high as possible and go back to Europe or just try and defend their FA Cup. It's a hard one to call, but um, just on this game, it will, it's going to kick your teeth that you lose that game by literally last kick. Yeah, definitely kicking the teeth up in that game. But looking at something else in that game as well, you had Abdi Stephen Bergwijn, who Conte said, you know, he's leaving. We don't want him. If not for him, though. Yeah. Stevie Wonder showed up in the dying minutes to save Spurs. Ironic. I've been seeing for the past couple of weeks, Stephen Bergwijn is going to Ajax. Ajax wants Stephen Bergwijn. Tottenham want to sell all this. But Look what happens. He he comes up, he saves it. If no Stephen Bergwijn, you wouldn't have had three points. He got away with one um, in that situation. To be fair, at the end of the day, I feel like Spurs still did deserve the win. I, I mean, they were dominating the game. Um, they had the better chances. They couldn't put them away. It should have been, what, 4-1 to Spurs at one point. Like Harry Kane should have a hat-trick. You know, it was cleared off the line a couple of times here and there. So... Realistically, Spurs should have won that game, but they won it the way they won it. So fair play to them because it takes, um, you know, keeping your head up to try and still go for it. Um, as for Leicester, you know, a story of their season, really. They they can't really get the job done. They're not doing much of anything. They're just sort of one step forward, two steps back. And their team um, at the moment doesn't help um, with the injuries they had at the back. Um, Yes, they won the FA Cup. It's not it's not the same team that won the Premier League because that was what five, six years ago now. Um, and they've lost key players from that te- uh, team anyway. So um, but it's a whole new Leicester squad. Should be doing better than they are, but they haven't been helped by injuries. And um fair play to Spurs, really. Um as much as I didn't want to see them win. Yeah, Spurs got the job done, George. But the funny thing, and I, I was listening to uh, the sports bar on Talk Sport after the game, and one of the things that most came up, and I know we've talked about this before, which is why I'm coming to you with this, is the amount of fans that left the stadium like literally minutes before Tottenham's incredible comeback basically happened. And the big thing that was obviously said is, yeah, it was clear evidence why you should never leave the game early and stay till the end if you support your team. Yeah, Tottenham though, isn't it? Fan society. So um, they don't stay to the end of their games, even when they're losing. Um, but I'm, glad, I, I'm so glad that on the general sense that they missed them goals because that would just teach them, wouldn't it? To be fair, you don't leave a game early. Like I go to Arsenal, I... Don't think I've um once I think I left the game early, and because you never know what's going to happen. Like look at the like loads of games have had like last minute couple of goals in it, and, and you <laughs> you're leaving and you miss it. So just I I don't ever understand when people leave like five ten minutes early. That's just me. Um, on the game, I thought I agree with Matt. I thought Leicester City bottled it big time. Um. And Cian 
or whatever his name is, Sian Chu, Sian Chu. Yeah, like I thought, what a, what an idiot he was. Like he, like so he went down like he'd been shot by the FBI to time waste. And then because that time was wasted, that's when they went and scored the winner. Because everyone's moaning, oh why was it seven minutes? I did on well, Leicester didn't. Leicester weren't time wasting because whatever way that I never understand time wasting because it always gets added on. But you have to give credit to Bergwijn. Um, it's just a common theme with Tottenham fans and them know, oh, slag a player off for so long and then because he scores him a goal, he's a hero. Right? Look how they turn on Deli Alley. Oh, yeah, that. Tottenham fans used to have their own category on Pornhub over Deli Alley. Now they're, they're not bothered. They want him gone. So, I don't know. But well done, Bergwijn. And Kane, yeah, he should have had that trick, but he's not the same what he was last season. So I don't think he wants to be there. I don't get how people don't understand how a clock works um, and the clock on the screen. So that's five minutes added on. Spurs scored um, in the 90... So on the screen it said 94-something, um, 50-something. So it was mm. near the end. So that is the 95th minute, within the 95th minute. They scored then. Time continues. They're celebrating. They get back, restart. So obviously the referee adds a little bit on top of that. Time And they scored 20 seconds later. So by the time they scored, 96 was on the clock. So that counts as the 97th minute. They understand now. Simple. It wasn't It wasn't like it was like another three minutes no, added on. Like, overlapped because, the time overlapped in terms of no, where that's it was because they can't no, just it's add not, ten, it is. It's, the referee adds a minimum of five minutes it's called a minimum that's it it's not it doesn't mean no, he's but adding on said, so 94th minute 50 seconds you don't add 10 you don't just round it up to the ne- nearest like second it's what, like, what are you trying to so, say has it so, so okay if, let me say, let me ask you let me put it like this let me put it like this let me put it like this if if I scored in within twenty seconds, what 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 would they put on the thing? What second did I? Uh, what number did I score in? The first minute. That'd be known as the first minute. So Bergwijn scored 94, it, it, 50 it something. Know. That would be counted as the ninety fifth minute. But it doesn't because when they say about a goal, they say it was uh, on the exact time. Like if someone scored in the forty fifth second, they don't say oh, it's in the first minute. It they do on the thing. They do. They do one. say that because in most that's how it works. No, That's but what they I've added, seen mostly. They added on five minutes. Yes, a five minimum minutes. of five minutes. A minimum. The referee no, can the, add however much it wants. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. It's called a minimum of five minutes. Literally, that's what they say. The referee has added on a minimum of five minutes. Literally. It's, it's right there. I know you don't like Spurs. I'm just saying it as... Right. I didn't it like them winning it as much as... That's rubbish. It's not because it's anti or I hate Spurs. It's the truth. I'm not... Sat- what? I am saying that it. That works, my mate. Fim- it's just how it works. No. Can I finish or not? Go on. Right. So, like, what I'm trying to say is 97 minutes, because I didn't have a problem with the them scoring over that. So, I don't know where this has come up. But what I'm trying to say is they scored in the 97th minute. If Leicester didn't time waste, they then they would, they would have blown the whistle in the 96th minute, not 97th. Leicester didn't time waste. They, they time. They, they did, happened... mate. I watched the game, mate. All right, whatever, right. man. I'm, all I'm just saying, all I'm saying is, I'm so not. What, I'm just saying, radio, I, no, 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 no. I'm just there. saying, 
No, listen, I'm just saying, I'm not saying you're the one who's complaining. I'm saying other people were complaining because you were saying, I don't know what, why people are complaining about it. People complaining because they don't understand how time works. Referee, uh, they bless the score, uh, first score, 94, 56, 95th minute. They're celebrating for what, 30 seconds, 40 seconds. So by the time the, the game kicks off, it's 95 plus something, something. 40 maybe, add another 20 seconds on top by the time the ball ends up in the back of the net. 96 is on the clock, so that counts as the 97th minute. 96 minutes have gone, we're into the 97th minute. That's what happened. They blow the whistles after that. Simple. The only thing I'll say is Tottenham didn't actually celebrate when they scored, though. They grabbed they the ball. They, and they, they, no, the yeah, they did. They, they, they celebrated, um, they ran, they grabbed the ball, and that's it. And then yeah, afterwards, so they celebrated even more. Afterwards. 30 seconds. That was well less than that. So, but Either way, all I'm saying is that you can't, people can't just say, Oh, I'll add this on, add that on. Like, if unless there was time wasting, if they didn't do that, then they don't put themselves in that position. That's what I've been trying to say. Well, either way, Tottenham won it, grabbed it at the end, and yeah, that that's at the end, that's what happens, really. Um, moving on then to the next game, Abdi, and that's uh, Brentford Man United. And it was one of these games where in the WhatsApp group, you know, you were you were saying it's not going to happen. Man United aren't going to win because of how the first half was. Yeah. But yet still, Man United pulled it out of the bag. They did eventually. Um, it was very, very cool first half to watch. Um, and I was still had the Aston Villa game in the back of my head because we were tuning up. Bottled it and drew 2 2 against them. So, and I wasn't going to count out Brentford. You know, Brentford probably should have been 2 3 up, but David De Gea, as usual, comes to the rescue, stops them, saves saves us our skin. Uh, going to half time as 0 0, come out and game changed, really. Um, goals all scored by our youth players. Alanga first, Greenwood second, and then Rashford comes on, grabs a goal. Good for his confidence, and I'm glad for him and happy for him. Um, and then, yeah, that's about it. People wanted to talk about Ronaldo throwing a strop and stuff. It's not that big of a deal. Ronaldo is Ronaldo. He does what he does, you know. Simple as. Not much else to say. Not the first and the last time that will happen. No, it won't. It won't be, of course. I don't get why people get so emotional about it. It's just Ronaldo. <laughs> Exactly. It's with Ronaldo being Ronaldo, really. It's nothing. It's nothing well, unusual. Not, nothing that we haven't I'm seen. Sorry, before. I'm wrong saying that because it's, it's not just Ronaldo. It's players with a big ego do it. Because I've seen them all do it. Like they throw shots. Like Omri Every big star's done it. Through straps. Like some of the straps Omri had when he played for us. Like every player, every player who's like what technically one of the players who are best in the world, they throw straps. No, they definitely do. And I mean, George, in, in, in that game, you know, I mean, not many people saw Brentford, I guess, winning against Man United, but Brentford have pulled off certain results where, you know, they they drew with teams that no one thought they would. At the moment, though, Brentford's form isn't brilliant, but, you know, I I don't think, you wouldn't say they, they're going to get sucked into the relegation battle. You, you Surely they'll still stay up. Yeah, yeah. Um, they'll start. There's too many worse teams beneath them. There's about five or six that are worse than them, so they'll be fine. Um, to be fair, like, I did say Man United were going to beat um Brentford when it was nil nil at half time, even though how bad. Like, yeah, Brentford I think me and you both said it. 
like Brentford wasted too many chances. Whether De Gea saved them or not is it's it's not relevant. It's not relevant. So like you still have to take those chances, especially for teams like Brentford against the chart against teams like like the top teams like Man United and whoever else. That when it goes nil nil, you know, no, you needed to be winning that to even have a chance. And then obviously United went on and kind of blitzed past them. I mean, it is relevant in some cases because the goal, that's what all goalkeepers there to do, stop them from scoring. If, yeah, but... That's what, exactly what he done. He prevented the goals. Like, yeah, they, it was not like that all really the time. Scoring the XG should have been... Huh? It's not like that all the time. They had so many chances they should have scored. I wouldn't say so many, but they had quite a few. So, Mate, they was all over you. The Hay should have... The Hay had done what he had to do and that's what he done. He'd done his job. Okay. <laughs> Uh, talking about Rashford, Matt, you know, we've all been saying, you know, on this podcast many times that, you know, Rashford hasn't been nowhere near the Marcus Rashford he was at first. You know, some of us were saying he maybe, you know, he he got involved with the government, the whole free school meals, which is brilliant, but that seemed to have affected his footballing career. But in the last two games, two or three games, he's done really well. Do you think we're going to start seeing Marcus Rashford come back to to, to his old form or is it too soon to say that? Well, I like the saying, uh, form is, te- uh, no, yeah, form is temporary, a class is permanent. The problem with Rashford is what is he? Is he a winger or is he a striker? And this is what keeps on happening, not just at one club, it'll be through, uh, through different players. Some players will say they're a winger, but they're classed as a striker. It's, it's quite difficult to say. Um, Rashford will want to carry on this form no matter what. He'll be looking at that World Cup in December as a point of where he wants to get to. He's been in the squad now, I believe, since the Euros in 2016 in France. Someone's going to correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, he was. He was in the 2018 squad. So he's just about getting ready for that really yeah we'll have to wait and see what happens with Marcus Rashford right we'll move on to game week 23 now and uh, George Watford Norwich you know crucial game at the you know bottom of the table both teams in the relegation battle and you know a lot of people had Watford as favourites uh, that didn't happen on Norwich you know they've, they're pulling good results out of the bag at the moment you know beat Everton now beat Watford yeah, um, I think I've got to give Dean Smith some credit because obviously when he took over at Norwich, everyone was like a dead man walking, that job's done. Man. But they're beating their rivals down there who they've got. Um, fair play to him. Josh Sargent played really, really well. Um, one of the goal, I can't remember what goal it was, but it was absolute quality. I think it was like a back heel. So um, it was the first time he scored in the Premier League. So fair play to Norwich. I know everyone on Norwich, but I would like to see Norwich stay up. Um, I know people say they go down, they go up, but that's that's not really the players for uh, as much because they don't get really that much back in to try and stay up um, like from their board. But um, Watford are just Watford are just Watford, didn't they? Like obviously, after that they sacked Ranieri. Dennis went and got himself sent off, which 
was annoying and FPL. <laughs> um, but I don't know. And you didn't have him as captain, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Lucky I changed it right at the last. <laughs> um, Some people haven't. <laughs> but I just think I don't know. Even though I look at Watford. They like the players they have. Don't even look. You can tell they're in a bottom. Like you can tell they're in like a relegation battle. If that makes sense. I know you could say that about most of the teams down there, but like. It's, it's surprising not many of the bottom three, that's from Newcastle, have actually gone and bought to try and get themselves out of trouble. Like in Watford, they, I don't know, like maybe things will change with Roy Hodgson taking over and the wise old owl keep them Watford up. Watford have made a couple, they have made a couple of signings, by the way. I couldn't tell you who, but they have made a couple of signings. That's what I mean. It can't be that big then if we don't know, to be fair, but. Um, well, maybe I mean, it's to them, but we we just because we don't know them doesn't mean that. Doesn't what I mean is Newcastle have actually gone and got, spent money on. They bought Kieran Trippier, Chris Wood. It looks like they're going to get Diego Carlos and Lingard potentially. So they're doing whatever they can to stay up. Um, but I just think Watford's run absolute crap. Obviously, with the manager turnover, it's proof of that. So. I really do hope Norwich stay up. I know you've got a bet on it, Hubert, but... Oh, but it would be a good not... story if they finally do manage it. Yeah, because I think people are really judgmental with Norwich. Oh, they go up, they go down. Oh, they will. It's just the way... But to them, to a couple of teams like that, teams who don't have loads and loads of money, financially, that's how they run their club. Because of the parachute payment, they get a lot more money. But I don't know, Norwich... I think they're trying to stay up. I think under Daniel Farker, they, I don't know what was going on, but under Dean, maybe that was, under Dean Smith, at least they're trying now. I don't think anyone can accuse them of not. No, you can actually see that they are trying their best, you know, previous seasons that you can kind of see they've given up already. But this season, you know, you have seen in a few games that, you know, they're trying their best. I mean, Matt, do you think Norwich can stay up? I mean, Watford in that game did not look like they want to stay up at all. But, you know, Norwich are showing some fight when they, you know, when they can. Yeah, um, it's always interesting when it's down at the bottom, to be honest. I always see the relegation battle more better and entertaining than the title challenge, because right now the title challenge is basically over. And it usually is over around by this time now. Um, uh, but the relegation fight uh, just carries on. Usually it's to the last couple of weeks. Um, Norwich are going to have a huge um, pull in power if they manage to pull it off. Personally, um, because of the parachute payments, I think that they need to go back down. I still don't think they're ready yet, but because they've got Dean Smith, they might stay in the league just one more season. Um, ultimately, um, they might be losing players as well if they get relegated. Uh, so uh, I think it's Todd Cantwell who's out of contract in the summer. So if he's not seeing any progress, he might decide that he might want to move on from a free transfer. Yeah, they'll be interesting. I mean, Abdi, you know, I've heard you say on this podcast, you know, everyone slaps Norwich around, everyone beats Norwich, but mm, they've proven that. Not, not everyone will do it. And, you know, how good was Josh Sargent in that game to me? He was man of the match. 
Yeah, fair play to him. Um, two goals in his like first league goals. So um, one of them scorpion kicks. So fair play to him to for doing that. Um, I certainly didn't think Norwich were going to win that game. I thought Watford were going to win. Um, but yeah, Norwich seem like they're up for the fight. Personally, I'd still want to see him go down because I can't be asked of Norwich. To be fair. Um, Maybe it's it's how they work it's for their business. Maybe that's their model. But you know, I still just kind of sick of it, and I, I want to see different teams come up and try and actually, you know, be there. So, but under Dean Smith, they're trying. So, I won't knock them for that. Can I ask you a question? Mm-hmm. So, are you sick of Burnley? No, I'm not sick of Burnley because they actually stay up. Yeah, but no. So, but Norwich try to. They, I don't think they intentionally say, "Oh well," or maybe this season they're trying to. But Burnley, the last couple of seasons, have been in a similar position. They've only just gone and won, like last season, they won three or four games, and that just bumped them up to fourteen. What's the point of Burnley? Um, what's the point of Burnley? Burnley, they're there to. I mean, we'll get on to later, but they stopped one of our top four. Rivals from picking up points. That's the point of Burnley at the moment. Yeah, but okay, but Norwich could do that. Norwich could do that if they wanted I think to. It's just but... a bit disrespectful when you say, "Oh, I'm dumb, I'm bored of Norwich." When other teams do it that have been in the Premier League for years. If they're no, but they've been in the Premier League for years, so they're more of a staple in the Premier League now, and I feel like they've earned that right to be there. Okay, fair enough. I, yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, I can see, I can sort of see that point, but yeah, I think, I mean, my view of Norwich is yeah, they always go up and down, and it gets a bit boring and predictable because every time Norwich go up, you kind of go, yeah, then you know they're they're most likely going to go bit back like down. Fulham. Bit like Fulham, well, yeah, Fulham before the West last Brom few... is another culprit. West Brom is another one. Norwich, yeah. West Brom, Fulham are those three clubs that I'm kind of well, tired of seeing because they've been up and down in the last few years as well. That's why I do. Give me someone new. Bring back Blackburn. Bring back Northern Forest. Bring back actual teams. They're second at the minute. Yeah, Blackburn are doing really well. You know, they beat Borough. So, but it'll be interesting to see if Norwich stay up. It'll be a good change. Be a good. Sorry, what did you say? Give us Millwall. Oh God, (laughs) (laughs) Millwall in the Premier League. Ooh, I'd love that. I mean, yeah, that'll be an interesting one. Right, moving on to the next game then, Matt, and it's Everton Villa at you know Luca Dina. For Villa, you know, got an assist, got a clean sheet. But unfortunately, what came up in that game again is uh, the idiots uh, that call themselves fans throwing bottles at players. I didn't even know this. Yeah. Um, so, first of all, I do live in the Wirral, which is basically just a train journey over for, to Liverpool. So I know a lot of Everton fans and Liverpool fans Um First of all, I think that when Digne made that switch, I didn't expect him to go to uh, Villa. I was expecting him to go to a higher club. I would have expected a European team to come into it and offer him a proper um, deal. Uh, There's plenty of clubs that would have probably taken him even in the summer had he uh, decided to. But I think it's the fact that Steven Gerrard was there. Um, the fact that they were playing them the next game, he came out with a statement as well to say, it's nothing against the club, nothing against the fans. It's just, I want to move on. It was something to do with the management and the boardroom. Um, And I think it might be because the fact that Everton have been so poor over the past couple of years, 
um, not under not under um, Ancelotti, but as soon as Ancelotti's gone, it's all gone to pot. Um, James Rodriguez has it left, and he was one of their best players. Bernard's left as well. Um, there are players there that shouldn't have left, but they have. Um, so just in that game, it's really hard to call when it, you've got all this emotion. You've got a former uh, Liverpool player managing your opposition. Uh, you don't want to lose this game. You need to keep yourself into a stable mind. And um, unfortunately, it didn't work out that way. Um, I'm sure that uh, I've heard that there might be a lawsuit against that for throwing things at him, which is a bit unfortunate. Um, but if that is the case, then good on him because he's got to protect himself and they should be protecting themselves in the future. Um, also, this just goes in general. Stewards should be able to stop the problems before they even started. If they're not even... They're there for our safety, not just the players. Um, and if we don't feel safe, then there's there's the problem already. Um, it's just an unbelievable instant that it still happens. Um, I just wish that... I hope he's all right. I don't know if someone's going to probably correct me on this, but I just hope that he wasn't like injured or have to have any sort of... Um, didn't have a cut on his head or anything like that because that could really hurt his... Him. No, I think he's all right. I yeah, think I think I don't think anything Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, thankfully he's okay, but it is frustrating because that shouldn't be happening. And the problem is that's been happening a lot more in the most in the recent months. That's been a massive issue. And uh no, it shouldn't be happening. After talking Everton, though, I mean, you know, Duncan Ferguson in charge at the moment. We don't know how long that's gonna be, whether it'll be until the end of the season, because Everton have been linked with a few, uh, you can certainly say, interesting potential managers, and some of them are a bit more sensible. But can you, can you, you know, first of all, will Duncan be there in charge for the rest of the season? And can you see Everton getting sucked into the relegation battle potentially? I know there are teams worse than you can you can say that, but could that be possible? Uh, I don't see why not. They're only four points off um, New, Newcastle, only four points behind them, so. They lose a couple, and Newcastle and Norwich around them pick up a few points. Boom, they're right in it. So, um, as for Duncan Ferguson staying to the end of the season, no, they'll, they're trying to work on bringing someone in now um, to try and sort things out. Uh, I don't exactly know who they're going to get. Apparently, Roberto Martinez is not going to be happening now. Um, Just to let you know, sorry, uh, that they are holding talks with the former Porto manager at the moment. Um, I've got Sky up as well, so just to let you know. Is that guy named Vitor Pereira? Yeah. Any chance? Yeah, that's that's who I was going to mention. Um, yeah, that's who I saw they were in talks with before anyway. Um, I don't know much about him, so I can't say if it would be a good signing for them or not, but I've never heard of him, so I can't really judge. Yeah, I mean, it remains to see what happens with Everton. On the other hand, George Villa, you know, they're picking up points under Steven Gerrard, doing pretty well for themselves. Realistically, you know, if they carry on this way, how high do you think they can possibly finish in the table? Um, I think they could potentially 
compete in that eighth or ninth spot potentially. Maybe outside chance of your conference league, but um it depends if they pick up if they go on a bit of a run, doesn't it? Um I think they've got they're planned some good football. Obviously they brought Coutinho in and I didn't honestly watch the game against Villa, so uh, against Everton, so I don't know how he played in that. Um and then obviously brought Luca Dina in and a couple others and they've got a good squad. I've always said about Villa they had a decent squad. Obviously when they sold Grealish, but just didn't work with Dean Smith. So and hopefully under Gerard it works. It'd be nice like I was saying to I think I was having this conversation with you before tonight, it'd be nice to see like British young British managers do well up the table. Um also, what you got to think, I'm not excusing what happened to Luca Dina, but that is a very toxic atmosphere, that game. Obviously, the amount of Liverpool influences that were, you had Gerard, Coutinho, and then Luca Dina leaving. And no offence, Everton fans have been very, very angry this season, expectedly. Like, I don't blame them at all, because I went to the Everton Arsenal, Everton away. And they were very, very angry then. So, and then results are just carried on and on. And Benitez, is kind of he kind of destroyed Everton really. And um, but I've said it for a while. I think they're going to get sucked into the relegation because, say, there's not many worse teams. Uh, there's a few worse than them. I don't think there's that many at the moment. I think Norwich are better than Everton at the moment. Well, they're beating them, so yeah. You could right, say form wise, they're better as well. That it seems they're trying harder. Maybe Everton, Burnley, and maybe Newcastle at the same. That I'd say are similar. We'll see. Moving on to Newcastle, though, uh, Abdi, they picked up a win against Leeds. It wasn't the most exciting game, but Newcastle, thanks to John Jerichel, he got that valuable, crucial three points over Leeds, who, again, like we said, are not. That far, that far, you know, in, they're only a few points ahead of them. So it seems that most teams in the top three are really, apart from Watford, it seems are trying as hard as they can to get out of it. I mean, Newcastle are tr- buying their way out more than anything else, but, you know, they are also trying in games. Um, yes, they are. But at the same time, um, in that game, Leeds were the better side and they just couldn't finish their chances um, and they couldn't take them. the opportunity that they had. Um, Newcastle held out. They did what they had to do against their own play. They got the free kick. John Joe Shelby put away and they got the three points. But as for Leeds getting sucked into the relegation, but I think they've done enough at the moment to keep themselves away from that. They're seven points clear of Newcastle. So... Um, they should be okay for now, for now at least. So, um, as for Newcastle, trying to get Diego Carlos, paying a lot of money as well, a lot of money, 55 million. They're just splashing the cash at the moment. Um, Jesse Lingard, they're trying to poach from United on six-month loan and then let him go at the end of the season to do whatever he wants. Um, but, yeah, they are trying to spend their way out. They might just do it, but who knows? Buying your way out doesn't always work, so we'll see. Yeah, it's an interesting one, really, with the amount of money Newcastle are spending, George. And I mean, you know, Diego Carlos, Not I don't know much about him, but Lingard almost seems to me like something that 
Newcastle will really do, really, really could do with. Yeah, um, Diego Carlos definitely. Their centre after appalling at Newcastle. Um, I think their championship at best, both those centre half. So bringing something like Diego Carlos in, I think he'll do. He's a good player. I've watched him a couple of times. Pays for Sevilla, doesn't he? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. yeah so, so if I've watched him a couple of times and he's he's decent. Obviously, I think he's twenty eight, so he's a bit more experienced. So he won't be young or nothing, but. Maybe you'll have what it takes to... He might work in a similar role to Colaccini did when they had him um, like on and off the pitch. And with Lingard, you kind of know what you're getting with Lingard when you play him. So, like we saw it at West Ham, how good he was. He um, nearly... Well, he put West Ham where they was in the table, really, last season. Or at least had a big hand in it. Um. I like I like Lingard. I think he's a good player. I just feel like he's been treated not that great. So it'd be nice, I think, for him personally to be at a club where he can play regular football and then he'd I suppose he decides what he does at the end of the season, doesn't he? Where he goes. But um, I still think Newcastle still need more than Carlos and Lingard though, because I feel like they really need a left back. They're trying to get Robin Gersons from uh, Atalanta. Okay, so yeah, so if if they do that, um, yeah, they'll they'll try and spend their way out of it. But like Abdi said, it don't always work like that, does it? But so know a lot. Of, I think if you said that at the bottom three, who's going to stay up? I think it's between Norwich and Newcastle at the moment. But I don't say Newcastle because who they they're buying their way out of it. Just have to wait and see, won't we? Yeah, have to wait and see if you know them buying their way out's going to work. Matt talking about Leeds United, though, you know, f- f- as I've said, for now they seem to have done enough. Seven points clear, so not in and not under immediate threat of being sucked into the relegation battle, but they're certainly not far off. And they are they can pick up results. I mean, you 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 can easily argue they should have gotten more from that game against Newcastle. Yeah, um, to be honest, I think a lot of people were expecting. I call it the second season syndrome where you always get figured out um, no matter who you play against. Leeds this season have had so many issues, um, injuries, COVID, and yet they're the only team, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, that have carried on without these problems and they haven't Um, asked for a postponement. I think they have once, um, but that was about it. And they continued after it, but they did pause at one point. Okay, so so it's just one game this season. I think it was the Liverpool game. It was the Liverpool game. Yeah, I think that was postponed, but was that because of Liverpool rather than Leeds? No, it was Leeds. It was Leeds. Oh, it was it Leeds? Yeah. Okay, then. So so one get one one game out of one or two, I think, uh, in that period, in that little period. Yeah, they had the Villa game postponed as well. Yeah, that's about it. Okay, so so a few a few games, but not as many as other teams. Like you look at Liverpool, have had had those. Um, we won't go into them because of because it will just make us all a bit bitter, uh, to be honest. Um, but Burnley, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, and Burnley as well. But yeah. let's be honest. Um, Leeds have always been this strong uh, physical team. And uh, Bielsa has this style that's just 
makes you want to watch them. They're a really entertaining sort of team and you want to keep seeing them in the Premier League. Um, you know that if they are going to lose, they, they, you're going in there for a fight um, this season. So losing 1-0, one, one they'll be disheartened, but they'll be wanting their next game to go and win that one, make sure they get some more points, put themselves in a better position. Um, I'm sure they've got players coming back as well from injury still. So that that's all in their favour at the moment. It's just making sure that they can get points and stay above that relegation spot. I think the uh, magic points total at the moment is about 36. So if they can get to 36 points, they'll be fine. Yes, yeah, definitely no longer 40 points like it used to be, that's for sure. So moving on to the next game, Abdi, West, Man United, West Ham. I mean, it certainly wasn't a riveting game. I did watch it and... Uh, Certainly, what I was certainly more bored, more bored than entertained. But United got the points literally out of death. Yeah, um, I would say the performance-wise, it was better than the recent ones that we've seen. Um, I felt like it was more of an even game. Um, the only issue that I did have was when we got to the final third, we couldn't really either make proper chances or take proper chances. Um, the decision making was kind of poor because. There was opportunities to pass rather than shoot, and players wanted to just shoot, shoot, shoot. And I was like, just pass. There are better options out there. Um, but luckily for us, we did what we had to do. Rashford came on, grabbed another goal, probably getting his confidence up slowly. Um, it was a good goal between um, our four forwards, Ronaldo to, Cavani, uh, to Martial to Cavani to Rashford ball in the back of the net and quickly speaking on Martial um, that could be his, that is his last appearance for us for the rest of the season because he's off to Sevilla on loan um, there's no buy option in it but I don't know what's going to happen in summer we'll, we'll see what, what happens then but for him now um, personally I would have preferred to keep him but at the same time he wasn't really getting the game time that he should be getting and he wanted to go so in that situation, you got to just let him go and let him be happy. Um, and hopefully he can go help Sevilla do whatever, win probably another Europa League trophy or something, or even the league. They're, they're up there in La Liga, so, you know. Yeah, they're certainly fighting for it. I mean, George, when it comes to Martial, do you think, you know, it should have kept him or because of the lack of games, it was just an obvious choice for him to go where he's actually going to get regular football? No, it's obvious choice for him to go somewhere else. They won't play in him. Like the amount of players they have there that they don't play and they just sit on the bench. Um, so I think for Martial's football and career, he needed to go and have to get some game time. I'm not sure what he'll do um, in the summer, but obviously there is a World Cup coming up, so obviously Martial wants to try and play as much as he can. Yep, definitely. And uh, looking at where both the teams, Matt, in that game, you can certainly say there wasn't much between West Ham and Man United, which you know shows that the you know they are both definitely in the fight for fourth place. You'd say, yeah. And I think the best thing about this is that it is very open up there. You could argue third could even be an option, depending on how. Uh, the next couple of weeks go. Um, some players still at AFCON, some players coming back will be a huge influence over how teams do. Um, injuries as well, players coming back from injury. Um, but fair play to 
David Moyes because he was sort of in a rut after going to Man United uh, and then Real Sociedad and everywhere. And now he seems to have found his um, his former... He's back to his best, let's put it that way. Um, and he's relying on players that he he knows that are going to get the best out of. Some of them have moved on. So I remember, uh, I think that was see, that season where they had like five or six decent signings. I think there's only a few of them left from there, but he's built a squad there that is just amazing. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what happens next. Just want to quickly say as well, um, I've, I saw a lot of rival fans uh, after the game saying that the Cavani was offside for the goal in the build-up and all that stuff. He wasn't. Um, it's just the way you the camera say that, on the TV. Though, no, 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 it's not. <laughs> Genuinely, because if you actually look at the camera, it's tilted and it's at a weird, at weird angle. So Cavani looks closer rather than the player. And VAR would, if they're doing their job properly, they have the measurements to sort of tilt it properly and make it actually look in line. People were drawing their own lines and it didn't match up with the actual thing and it was... It didn't fit the camera, so that's all I'm saying on that. I'm, I'm not a VR person, but on the thing, it wasn't offside. Well, interesting. We'll have to wait and see what happens with both teams in a top four challenge. George, moving on to the next game, Man City. You know, Southampton, Man City, and uh, not many people expected. Uh, not many people expected uh, Southampton to get anything against Man City, and they did. They did. They got a point out of that game. Yeah, you could say it's not going to really do much to stop them winning the title, considering the big gap they have. But still, fair play to Southampton there. Yeah, uh, hold my hands out. I thought Man City were going to smash them, to be honest. Um, but they played really, really well. Defensively, they were good. Going forward, they were decent as well. Um, I thought... Um, I just thought Southampton done well. It's, like you said, it's not going to do much for stopping Man City winning the league because that's done and dusted, has been for weeks. But for Southampton, that gives them the confidence to try and get up the table as much as they can and shows that on their day, Southampton can compete with the best, really. So I can't really say much more about that. Um, I thought Man City could have had a penalty, if I'm honest. That's just my opinion. But they didn't, so you just you move. But um, trying to remember who scored for Southampton. Kyle Walker-Peters. Yeah, Kyle Walker-Peters. That was a good goal from him. So, yeah, I think on the whole, I think um, Southampton fans, well, we've got one in the uh, Sportsmania group. He's very happy with that. So, yeah, fair play. Yeah, I mean, Southampton have a habit of picking up points against teams where a lot of people wouldn't expect them to. And I think, Matt, under the new owners, do you think Southampton will slowly start doing more than that? Because, you know, you've got this every season with Southampton, you know, they pick up points where you wouldn't expect them to, but still they, they don't really go anywhere. They don't really, they don't really go anywhere really each season. They just kind of sit around the same places. They are either in a relegation fight or somewhere in the middle of the table. Do you think the, do you think that the new owners will, you know, make them slowly try to do things better, try to improve a bit? Well, Southampton have always had this um, 
aura about them where they will pick up some of the best players in the in the um, that will potentially be future stars. So the Sadio Mane's, the uh, Danny Ings, the um, Wanyamas, and things like that. They'll pick them up for a small fee and then sell them on for a huge amount. Um, and I'm hope uh, they continue to do it well, but they haven't sustained it. So with the new owners, um, they weren't very a lot, a lot of fans weren't impressed with the uh, previous owner, which was Gal, um, because he just seemed to be there for the money. These new owners, I don't know much about them, but they seem more invested. They're not just there for the money; they're willing to put money across if they need to. Um, Hasselhutl is a brilliant manager as well. Um, his style of play is brilliant, although it doesn't come across quite quite well, um, especially with some really bad defeats over the past couple of seasons. But they, he makes up for it going on cup runs. Um, I think the FA Cup potentially will be another one that they'll probably go on. Um, I think at the moment, this season is all about building blocks. So if they can Maybe maybe hit that ten or twelve spot. I reckon they'll do well. Um, it's it depends again on how well they do against those opposite opposing teams. I'm sure they've got a few tough games in hand as well. Um, I know that City was a hard game, but to for them to go to St Mary's and get a point, City will be disappointed by that because they'll be expecting to win that. But uh, Southampton. Did really well, and I'm gonna to have to say Salus Salusu seems to be. I've said that wrong, haven't I? <laughs> um, no, that's close enough. That's all right. Yeah, no, that's all right, mate. So don't worry about the um, the centre back. He's uh, come in and he's done a really good job. Um, there's a few other players that they brought this season: T- uh, Tyro Livermento, Broya. They want Broya um, as well, which is going to cost them thirty million. Look at decent that. player though. Yeah, and he's at your club, isn't he? So, and Chelsea are saying they want him back at the end of the season. Yeah, so we can loan him out elsewhere. It'll be interesting. It'll be an interesting one to watch this summer, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, Southampton have some decent players, you know, of their own. And the, the problem is, yeah, they've had this model, Abdi, of, you know, selling, finding good players for cheap and selling them on rather than kind of using them players to try and get higher up the table to possibly challenge for like the, your conference league or your Europa leagues you know I mean they could do better but hey they haven't got a 9-0 battering just yet um, don't, don't speak too soon there's still plenty of time left in the season for it to happen you know um, didn't take place for them until February I believe or something like that around there so um, could have been this month as well but Southampton's business model I mean that's what most most of the clubs uh, who are lower down in the table in the Premier League do though they have good players and then afterwards they sell them on but at the same time it's not like back in the day where they'd have to be forced to sell um, they can they can put the price tag on whatever they want so Virgil van Dijk they got 75 million out of him you know a lot of people would have said 75 million for Virgil van Dijk at the time was madness mental but now 75 million for Virgil van Dijk just looks like a bargain but you know, Southampton. Sorry, go on, and then I'll make my point. Uh, well, I was just going to say Southampton. They they get the price that they want for their players. So if they if they if that's how they go about it, they go about it like that. But they know what they're doing. They're bringing in 
fresh players. They're bringing in other players that other teams probably not using and using them to the best of their abilities. Like a Kyle Walker-Peters, who wasn't being used at Spurs that much. And now he's, you know, been a decent asset for them as well. So, so I was just going to add on top of that, that um, the problem was people who hadn't seen Virgil van Dijk before didn't realise how good of a centre-back he was. Mm. Um, I remember being at Southampton. Watch my One of my favourite games I've ever been to was Southampton Inter at St Mary's. And that was a very good game, that one. That it was. And the fact that Virgil van Dijk basically looked at the clock and it was, I think it was 20 minutes to go. He and he just decided, you know what, we're one nil down. I'm going to start charging forward. I'm going to start taking command of this this game. And he practically by himself got the game over the line for Southampton. I know they scored um they went on to score two goals, but it was all thanks to Van Dijk just getting everyone up and ready for for that game mm. because at the time it was really it was really dead in the crowd but it, it's still those sort of players that you need in those teams especially in the lower part of the Premier League to get you going to get you over the line to get the, you those points not just in Europa League or Conference League or the Champions League it's everywhere and you don't realize how good these players are until they move on and that's leader the, captain material yeah, and some of these player te- teams won't have these sort of players until you, you realise it's too late. It was that when I watched him play for us at Celtic, like, you knew, I know everyone laughs at the Scottish League, but he was like, well, he was in a league on, on his own. And like you see people like um, Tierney, Van Dyke, the ones who are playing in the Premier League now, and you know they're decent, they're going to be absolute great players because of how they just make everyone else look so I think some people that didn't really know much about Van Dyke might have been surprised with that amount with that price tag but people that had seen him play would have thought yeah that's probably the right price to be fair yeah definitely I mean Southampton, they're one of these teams, they're one of these dark horses you need to watch out for in games. It's not always a, when when you think it's a definite win, might always be. Right, move on to the next game. And Matt will stick with you for this one. Arsenal Burnley. So lots of people thought first that that game is going to be postponed. Uh, hasn't been. Burnley must have had more than 10 players. Uh, and uh, yes. Burnley did what Burnley did against some other teams and secured a point where a lot of people wouldn't have actually given them that credit. But Arsenal didn't turn up on that game. Yeah, um, I didn't actually see this game, so I've only seen the highlights. And it seems that Arsenal they did what every team does against Arsenal. They sit back and just let you go, have a go at it. And Arsenal couldn't finish anything. Um, this has been a real problem now. Um, Arsenal have not scored a goal all through January. And if you're looking to be in those top spots come the end of the season, these sorts of games you need to be scoring. And if you haven't got a striker scoring, then you're relying on midfielders to get you the goals. And if they're not providing, then it's going to come to defenders. And I don't think anyone's expecting uh, Aaron Ramsdale to go up the other end and score with a header or anything in the last minute of a game. Um, but it's a worry. And I think we've mentioned a lot of times on our WhatsApp, WhatsApp group 
um, just how frustrating it is being an Arsenal fan and knowing that there are options out there, but they refuse to budge or that it's just slow and it's just not good enough, to be honest. Um, match, some of the match uh, reviews people have done, uh, they've given low marks to some of the players because it's because their expectations are over here. Some of the players are being overworked. Saka, for one. Um, honestly, at the start of the season, I picked about eight positions that we needed and one of them was a winger for Saka. And people going, oh, we need... A, it's all right, we got Emile Smith-Rowe. Well, Smith-Rowe's on the other side of the wing. And uh, Pepe's at AFCON. And it's just not good enough. Uh, they need to do something about it. And they've got six days and eight hours to go in this window. Let's see what happens. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting one. I mean, George, I know in the sports group, you know, you did in the WhatsApp group, you did say... Top four is over, and uh don't think anyone actually agreed because I think it's on one hand you look at it, it's only one game. I mean, we got we tripped up against Burnley, but you know, we still we're still not doing too bad. But you know, do you what do you think of won the game and the current situation in general? Um <laughs> this could be a long one. Um, so the game in general, I watched the highlights and extended highlights. Saying Arsenal didn't turn up. I don't think that's necessarily true. They we dominated that game. They just couldn't finish. Like, but they were doing the same old, same old, crossing the ball in. And you don't do that against Burnley because that's all they're known for. They defensively, like Burnley offered nothing, absolute nothing in a game of football. They had one shot that Ramsdale saved. Um, so I wasn't really bothered about the attacking threat from Burnley, but. Um, we ain't got a striker, mate. This is the problem. Um, everyone like wets themselves. Oh, but Lacazette works hard. I have never, I have not been a fan of Lacazette for a while, even when we was watching games on Zoom, and that was Project Restart. I think I even was used to slag him off on there, and that was the only time he used to score. So maybe I have to try that again. Um, but. He don't. We ain't got a striker that can score. It's all right working hard, but you ain't gonna do nothing if you don't score. Like you can't keep relying on Smith Rowe, Saka, Erdegaard, Martinelli. Like Gabriel's, um, Gabriel scored the same amount of goals as Lacazette in the league, and it's just not good enough. Um, and then they bring in Ketia on, and Ketia don't want to be there because he don't play, and he's not good enough either. He ain't good enough to be in a top six team. Maybe in relegation sort of base team, maybe. But um, it's just same old, same old. And um, I don't, I don't. I agree, Matt. We've got a buy in the summer, uh, in the summer, in the next week. So I'd like to know what Edu is actually going to do about that because Arteta can tell Edu and the bloke above him who we want, but if. <laughs> I think it just goes down to arrogance as well, because I think, oh, we're going to get like, all this talk about Dusha and Lavovich. It was never happening. Anyone who thought that was going to happen, then, wow. Like, Arsenal, we're not at that level, and we haven't been for a long, long time. So they've got to look up. Like, Calvert-Lewin at Everton, I take him in a heartbeat now. 
because we need someone who can score. And the reason I said top four was over, because we ain't got a goal scorer. You look at all these other teams, they've got goal scorers. West Ham have got Antonio, he scores. Man United have got Ronaldo, Rashford, they score. Tottenham, Song when he's back. Kane will score, starts for again, because... And then they've got Lucas. We ain't got that. Um, no disrespect, but Burnley ain't played for ages and we couldn't even score. So, um, and I know you say that you drew against them, Hubert, but it's Burnley offered nothing. And in that Chelsea game, they did. So, I don't know. It's... And it is like what um, Matt was saying. We have got injuries, people that don't look fit, like, Suspensions, and it's not just the striker thing. Like we need a midfielder as well, like because the striker can only score if they've got um, service. Um, I'm not like thinking, oh, we're rubbish because when we put our first eleven out, we can compete against any team in that league, and we've proved that this season. Um, but Erdegaard is no number eight. I don't think Erdogan and Smith Rowe can play in the same team at the minute. I don't know what they'll do about that. I've even said, why don't they try Martinelli through the middle? Um, but I, I don't know. Um, let's hope we can bring someone in in the next few days. But got a nice stick by it. If we don't bring a striker and a midfielder in, top four is over for us. Abdi, I mean... Yeah, I mean, you, Arsenal do definitely need a strike. I mean, Lacazette, yeah, like we said, fair enough, he does things off the pitch. That's all brilliant, but he's a striker. It's what he does on the pitch that counts. But, you know, is Arsenal's top four challenge over or was it just one of these games which, you know, they got tripped up against a team that they didn't expect, expect it to happen with? But, you know, it's still um, possible. I definitely don't think their top four chances are over. Um, I think it's just one of those games where, Things happen. They just couldn't put their chances away. Those games happens to most teams, you know. Um, it's very open, very open at the moment. I do feel like they may get someone in at some point over the next coming week. I don't know exactly who. Maybe a midfielder on loan, maybe Jovic on loan. Who knows? Um, but I do think they'll bring someone in. Um, teams like around that top four will be strengthening. I don't think West Ham, um, as much as I'd like them to to challenge for that, don't have the strength to, I think, go that deep. I think they'll probably fall away because they've got defensive problems and they need their own signings and I don't think they'll do it. Um, we need uh, a midfielder. I doubt we're going to get anyone in. I think we're just going to roll with what we've got. Uh, and then, yeah. So I don't I don't think top fours are by any means for any of those teams. It's just one of those games. You move on, dust yourself off, and uh, you go again. Simple as. Unless I've worked this out, Arsenal scored one goal since the since New Year's Day. You had a poor January. You haven't won a game. Well, I'm not on about winning a game. I'm not bothered. Yeah. But we haven't even scored. We didn't score against Nottingham Forest. Who's a championship team? We haven't, we didn't score. Should have, but you didn't. Yeah, it's right. So I should have, like, but I'm just going on the stats. We've not that, and saying, oh, it's just these things happen. 
one goal in five games. That's that's ridiculous. And <laughs> no, you're not even getting top five if you do that. Like our next two games potentially could be Wolves. <laughs> we well, would be getting... even if you had even if you had a top striker, I still don't think you'll get be getting past Wolves in that case because they're they're a defensive rock. Yeah, but you still need to score. You can't win games unless you score. Yeah. So this is what... another thing. Sorry, George. I'll just ask you no this um, after you finish your point. Um, if you, just to add to that, if you were to, would you ask Pepe to play up top just to see if he can do it? Yeah, definitely. Um, I have said it before. I even said it um, early in the season. I, I like Pepe. A lot of people don't. Um, he's no £72 million player, but I think anyone with a footballing brain knows that. And Lille just done what they had to do to get as much money as they can. But I do like Pepe. He's scoring in the AFCON. So he can't, for me, he can't be any worse and what we've got at the moment. We've got three strikers, three centre-forwards at the club who don't score. All right, Abamiam's not been playing, but that's because of his behaviour and his attitude. But even when he was playing, he wasn't scoring. You've got Nketi, who only scores against League One oppositions. Like Smith-Rowe in his debut season is our, our top goal scorer. That's, that's ridiculous. And people say Arsenal's expectations, you're either the greatest team in the world or the worst team in the world. Yeah, that's most Arsenal fans. Me, I'm not that like that, but I have said for ages that we need a striker. I think I've even, I think I might even say it to you, but last season that we needed a striker. I just I don't know, um, but you can't do anything in football if you don't score. Like the only team uh, we played Norwich just I think it was Norwich just before that City game. I might be. Was it not? Because the Wolves game got called off. Mm, so we yeah. scored three goals in six games and two of them was against Norwich. That, for me, that is not good enough. Didn't you beat Norwich 5-0, though? I thought it was 2-0 or something. Oh, oh, that might be no, it was 5-0. Okay, yeah. I got it confused. But anyway, all right, so from City then. City, Nottingham Forest and both the Liverpool games and... Uh, obviously, the one that just went by uh, Burnley—that is, that's not good enough. And if any Arsenal fan is alright with that, then, well, I don't know. Either way, I still don't think top four is over for you guys. You'll still be in it, and it's not over till it's over. Well, I'm saying it's over if we don't bring a, if we play how if we go in with the squad we've got now, it's over because. You can't keep. You can't win a game if you don't score. Everyone's got their own frailties in their own team. Our our frailties the midfield. We're saying if we don't get a midfielder in, we're done for top four. You're saying if you don't get a striker in, you're done for top four. Spurs are saying if we don't get someone in, we're done for top four. Everyone has these own issues. You'll go through that in the season. It's just the way the teams go about it. If you can bring someone in, great, happy days. If you can't. You just got to go on with it, and we won't even get top six if we go and bring a striker in because you can't. We can't win games if you don't have a goal. We'll see, no, I, I still think you can, though. I still think you can. I just think it's too much pressure on people like Smith Rowe and Saka. Like Matt said, Saka looks absolutely knackered. So does Smith Rowe, to be fair. Um, Erdegaard don't know where he's playing one minute to the next. Like a lot of Arsenal fans are having a go at Sambi Lockinger. 
But like I like to ask him, what else is he meant to do? He's a 21-year-old that's playing that defensive midfielder role because by he's got very much. By, by himself because he's got a, my my language, he's got a liability with Xhaka who gets sent off or does stupid stuff in games. So obviously he's not there now till whenever. Then Partey gets rushed back for the cup game and then gets sent off. So like what? Is it meant to do? <laughs> so this is one thing, sorry, George. This is one thing that kind of worries me is that um, you know, I look at United and they've got Van der Beek on the bench. He's a brilliant player, but he's not being used. And I look yeah. at other clubs as well, and some of their best players are, are just sitting on the bench, not being and we're played. crying out for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, it would be amazing to turn around and say, oh, we've got a, a Van der Beek who can come on and and actually show his worth. Uh, but we don't because uh, someone has overestimated what was needed. in For this, I think Edu's to blame for this. And I know everyone thinks I have an agenda against Edu, but he's the one who deals with the transfers, apparently. So are you, t- are you telling me when the season started, he was not, he was like, oh, yeah, AFCON, so Almeni's going, Partey's going. Like, they've known this for ages that we were going to struggle in midfield. And they've not done nothing. And, like, even now, like, why why are we six days away from the deadline shutting and we still haven't got anyone? Like, look at everyone with all this talk about Dushan, whatever his name is, for weeks. Well, he's never getting him. So why are they, unless they've got something up their sleeve, like, and... We're going to wake up in a few days and say, oh, Arsenal have signed whoever, whoever, or, or that person. Then Edu, ha- if we don't buy anyone, Edu's got to take responsibility for that. Because that's his look, job. Sorry, that's George. I was, yeah. I'll just look at the things now and just, if you were to be a player now looking at Arsenal, would you? Would your instinct be would to go there first? No, because... I think it um, depends what level the player it is. Like, if you're Calvert-Lewin, going to Arsenal is a huge step up from Everton. Or even an Ollie Watkins, something like that. But someone like a Dushan or like the Champions League sort of, sort of players, you're not going to attract them because we ain't got European football at the moment. Whether we're, sorry, we're in European positions now doesn't mean Jack... We haven't got European football now. So you're not going to attract them top players. So you've got to attract, you've got to go down a bit and then try and push yourself to Europe so then you can attract the bigger name players. Like Arsenal, Arsenal have the money to go and buy Haaland, but they never would attract him. I think this is the problem though, is that I think we all see our club in a different light. And yeah. We can go around and say we need this, this, and this. Um, but other teams have a pull at the moment. United have the money. They've got Ronaldo. They can say proudly, "We've got Ronaldo. This is what's going to retra- attract you to our club. We've got enough money that you can, uh, we can pay you decent enough amount of wages." The same with Chelsea. Chelsea can turn around and say, "Well, we've got a Champions League. We've got a Europa League. We've got another Champions League." Uh, we're looking to challenge teams. What have Arsenal got? An FA Cup and that's it. And yeah. no Europe. This is it's... what I was trying to say to people. Like, 
Everyone says Arsenal are an attractable option. Arsenal was when they won titles. But when you're seeing players who, like, in their... I think that Dushan, is he 21? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so he's 21, Haaland's 20, 21, whatever. They don't... They wouldn't remember Arsenal as a successful top four team. Uh, sorry, title-challenging team. Because uh, they're, like, similar to my brother, who's 20, and he don't know that. So... I think it's just about levels, really. And But you say something about, oh, we should be attracting these people, and then you get accused of embracing mediocrity, and I'm not. I just think we need to be realistic. Like, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Alexander Isak. Like, well, can we even attract him? I don't know. I think the only pulling power left is that the fact we're in London, if I'm honest. Um and maybe Arteta's good to word. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> or he knows something about their family. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's just the club's all over. But I would take Calvert Lewin. I don't think that's, I think people think that's, this is the, it's like a PR stunt because you look at Dushan and then you compare him to the other strikers. But, but Calvert Lewin, I think, would fit into Arsenal ideal because of the way we Plus, play. he is a quality striker. Yeah, he is. Like, um, and this is what I mean. Like financially, we could spend the money to because to do it, but they're never going to be able to attract people. And like Arteta's always come out and said, I shouldn't have to persuade someone to join the club. And I get that in a certain sense because if you persuade them, then they're not fully buying into it. But when your team is rebuilding, you have to. Like you have to, um, you have to try and sell it, don't you? A bit, to be fair, but I don't know. But I do agree with Abdi. I do think we'll bring someone in, but I don't know. Like I'm mainly thinking it might just be Arthur. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens with Arsenal, and if they bring someone in, right? We'll move on to the next game, Abdi, and uh, before you get- start, apparently. Um... Your boy, Frankie boy, Frank Lampard has been linked to the Everton job. Not actually surprised about that. I think, I think it's a good job there. To be fair, yeah, it's, it if would he, be if he yeah. gets backed. I think on the podcast uh, in December, I said I could see him going to either Leicester or Everton. So, mm. you know, I can see it'd be it's, interesting. It's set to, set for discussions. That's what it says at the moment. Mm. So. Be interesting see to see that. Moving on to the next game, and uh, that game, well had probably one or two refereeing decisions that would that would probably mention but the big one of course is the last minute penalty that one that well well the Liverpool were still leading before then but still you know it closed the game down completely because Palace were the better team for majority of the game because Liverpool did have a spell for like 35 minutes at the beginning when they were playing Palace off the park but Palace tried their best until that happened and that was never a penalty was it no, I was I was getting ready to talk about the Chelsea game. I totally forgot about this game. Um, no, uh, this game was uh, it was basically just a weird one because Liverpool, as you said, for the first half an hour, thirty five minutes, they were just blitzing Palace. They'll pepper in shots in their goals, shoot on sight, you know, and they took a two 0 lead. But Palace turned it around the second half mainly, and they they put pressure on Liverpool and put, uh, took chance off chance, exploited their defence, 
And uh, it paid off of a goal. They probably should have maybe continued more and had uh, taken more chance. Allison saved Liverpool uh, countless times in that game. Um, Palace could have probably won that game if they, if they didn't have Allison in net. But Allison was on top form. And then Jota runs through and just basically hugs um, Guaita. He's just like, off the ball, give me a hug and falls on him. And they give it as a penalty. I do not know in what world that would be considered a penalty, but they gave it and Fabinho dispatched it. It was a weird one. That That's a very, very bad call. Like a very bad call. Did it go to VAR? Um, it did go to VAR. The, the, the worst yeah, thing is... about five years. The, no, no, no. The worst thing is <laughs> referee said no. Referee at first said no penalty. Then VAR told him, go check the monitor. Checks the monitor and he goes penalty so yeah I don't know when they go to check the monitors always they usually turn it over anyway uh, so there was that um, Palace deserved more from that game Liverpool kind of in a weird way got lucky but not lucky at the same time because I feel like they've done enough in the first half but Palace probably did deserve a lot more from that so, I heard Mateta should have scored yeah definitely definitely uh-huh. That's all I heard from that. Yeah. I think that's his name anyway. Yeah, Jean Philippe Mateta. So, I mean, it, it is an interesting one, George, really, because this is always going to be the headline every weekend. There's something with VAR because, on one hand, some people would argue it has improved certain things, and on the other, you're looking at some of the things you know, VAR is supposed to help to make the decisions right, and yet you've got things like these, and also how long it took for this to be checked when it was blatantly not a penalty. Anyone would, I've, I've, I was listening to this on the radio and not a single person, even a Liverpool fan I spoke to said, it's not right. A Liverpool fan said this to me. So it's unbelievable that they took about five minutes or even longer than that to check for something that, like this. Yeah. Um, I do want to quote something that um, I think, is it Jake Humphreys on BT Sports said? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people saying about VAR. VAR is just the technology. It's the people behind it. It's the actual people that you need to be, like need to sort themselves out. Like um, VAR can only show you what the technology shows. The people that are operating it are the ones are the clowns, basically. Um, oh, it really bugs me because. You see a decision like that one by the sounds of it, completely not. The referee says no. They go go over to the screen. Well, what does how is that showing the referee something that he's got to go and completely change his mind? I just wonder if he's told to change it. Because I assume they have headphones, don't they? Or because Yeah, I believe so. They have earpieces. like earpieces and that like because he's saying no, 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 no penalty, and then he's going to watch the screen, and oh yeah, it is a penalty. Unless you're a very indecisive person, that's not really happening, is it? Um, so, and with the how how long it took, that's just a frustrate. That's the frustrating thing. That's why people they get dead against VAR because it takes so long. Like you can't majority of the time you can't celebrate a goal properly. You're like holding back a bit because you think oh, is it. Yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, 
it's just another talking point, isn't it? They thought bringing VAR was going to be get rid of the talking points that you'd have in a pub or when you're in groups. You know that about dodgy referees. It's increased that even more. It's increased it, but I honestly do believe it's the officials. I think the officials have got worse. I think they're absolutely terrible over here. Well, they think the technology will massively help them when as really it, the human behind the technology still has to have some responsibility yeah, and, and they thought they won't have to. Jake, that's what Jake Humphreys was kind of saying. And he was saying like, I'm not saying that VAR is not making mistakes, but the, the, the humans behind the screen are the ones who are making these mistakes as well. So, and I think Rio Ferdinand kind of agreed with him as well. So, I don't know. I don't know what the background of the people are who are behind the VAR screen. I don't know if they're ex-referees or just random people. So I don't. They're referees. They are referees. Yes. Standard referees. And then just shows the standards levels of our refereeing, then doesn't it? Really? Because each referee is going to have a different opinion as well. This is the problem because every person, every individual, has a different perception of something. It's not very often that you have someone who has thinks the same. There could be someone goes over into the box, trips over and thinks, I oh, know, can't get up. Like if you have an old-fashioned referee, but then if you have one who's one of the newer lot, slightest touch, you could sneeze and they go down this penalty. So I just think the referee in standards of refereeing is absolutely inadequate for me. Yeah, uh, I mean, Matt, looking at looking at VAR, I mean, it's difficult to think what improvements have to be made to VAR because technology is nowhere near advanced enough. And you have these problems. You have like these goal situations where people kind of don't have to celebrate a goal or whatever because they don't know if it's going to stand or not. And a lot of teams end up being on the bad side of VAR because if that decision didn't go in Liverpool's favour, and Palace continued that way. You never know. They could have picked up a draw out of that one because they were really good. Yeah. um, I always remember my first game with VAR was actually the Arsenal-Burnley game a couple of years ago with Emery in charge. Um, And and when Reese Nelson scored, and it wasn't judged until it was offside, until we saw the VAR, which was a bit... It was a really weird feeling. Um. I think what's made it worse is there's been instances that are highlighting how bad it is or how tight it is. So I'll just go back to like the United game and Cavani. Uh, it That's a 50-50 if you give it offside or not. Um, I think the referee, ideally, um, when you look back on these games in, this, in the future, um, next season... And there's things like that. If there's a, there should be like a small error line, like a margin of error. Um, I don't know how small it will be, but it needs to be more consistent. And I think this is the problem: is that a lot of players have felt that um, some of the some of the refereeing has gone really badly. It's not just across the Premier League; it comes down to um, that's lower leagues as well, isn't um, it? Across every league. Um, Just for example, I was at the Man City women's game against Arsenal. Uh, The referee got in the way of one of the passes from a a Man City and they scored, essentially, they scored from it. Um, And 
it kind of questioned, well, why didn't you blow back for that and make it a drop ball or anything like that? And then there was an issue with the rules. This is a problem that we're going to continue to have. Also, what I'll say with that, because that is the rule that if it bounces off the oh, the referee and then it goes into the goal, uh, goes into like a goal scoring opportunity, they're meant to bring the ball back and drop it to do a drop ball. So I I watched that women's game. I didn't really get that. I think, regardless, I think regardless if it hits the ref, um, they yeah. stop it. Yeah, so I'm not sure, to be honest, why they didn't um, for that one. Um, I just think that VAR all over the place in this country, like official-wise, it's not good. Like, And what I don't understand is, is the, oh, he's like an armpit offside, or the other one is when they let, they play on and, you know, like, so they blow the whistle when that phase of play's finished. One day, I hope I'm wrong, but someone is going to really, really do a bad injury because there was one game and he was running for the... It was an offside for him, but he was running. He skidded, like, into the advertising audience. But if he pulled it back as soon as it was offside, that ain't going to happen. So I just think they need to change the rules a bit. Like, Harry Kane's had loads of armpits offside. Like, mm-hmm. how is that? That's... I'm... But I don't like Kane or Tottenham, but how ridiculous is that? Like, I remember growing up that you always give the striker the benefit of the doubt, didn't you? Yeah, it should always be like that. You always <laughs> give the attacking team the advantage in that scenario. Yeah, and I'm just like, armpit offside, you sure? What's next? He's going to be his left ball is offside or something. The air around them is offside. Oh, score like your hand and stuff, so it's like it doesn't make sense. So I don't know. Right, his left testicle is offside, so he's got there's no goal. I always go back to Peter Crouch as well and just sort of think about how he would say any goal he would have scored would have been considered offside because of how tall yeah. he is. <laughs> um, it's just it's just mad. Um, I honestly think the referees need to be reinvested, redeveloped, and they need to just get some more money into it because it seems to be a farce. Um, I think it was Greg Halsey, the old, uh, old referee, um, you, uh, actually had a quote out that said that there was instances where they'd have to give a certain amount of number of corners, free kicks and cards during games. And he expected that in the future that the FA would be held accountable for all of it. Um, yeah, sure. If that's the case then why aren't they up, up in front and being asked about these decisions? I know there's all sorts of questions people have, like why aren't we uh, getting the refs mic'd up so that we can hear what's going on? Um, what's the other ones that people come up with? I think that'd be a good idea, though, with the refs in a mic cut, because like, they do it in the rugby, don't they, Hubert? They do in the rugby. Uh, you can hear what the refs are saying. And I really find that quite useful because you get to hear what they're talking about and you get to hear what they're thinking. The same one they do yeah. with using cricket. And, you know, in the NFL, you've got also referees announcing the decisions to the crowd. Yes, yeah, so I don't know why they don't do that in football because they make some shocking decisions. I think it would be quite useful and quite interesting to try out. And I'm surprised they're not trialing that. I think there's definitely a lot of changes that need to be brought in. And... Uh, Every 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 season they bring something in you, whether it makes sense or not, it's a different story because there's always been conversations about the handball rule and the offside rule, and there's always been well, questions. You've got to chop your arm off now. Basically, pretty much, or wear or wear or like wear a straight a straight jacket or something like that. 
because otherwise it's it's going to be a problem. So it's I'm sure we'll talk talk about this again because we always tend to. Uh, moving on to the next game, uh, however, and Abdi, we're going to talk Chelsea Spurs again. There was a controversial decision there, not as controversial I'd say as the, in the Liverpool game, but it was questionable as how much force, uh, yeah, yeah, if at all, was used on Thiago Silva by Harry Kane. But that goal was disallowed. Chelsea still won the game 2-0. Do you think if that goal was allowed, that would have made a difference? I think it would have, because it would have put something more into it a little bit. But um, no, I think it, it, was a, it was a poor decision by the referee to overturn that goal. Uh, I feel like Thiago Silva went down too, too easily in that case. And um, You know, it's funny how things work out, because later on in that game, goes and scores. So and literally puts it in the back of the net to win it two 0 for Chelsea. Um, well, Thiago, I I I feel sorry for Spurs fans in the sense that there's no real hope when they go to Stamford Bridge. They've won one game in what thirty two years. Every year it's the same story. So why bother really? I guess it's Chelsea. You know, they they ease the game for them of the season. Um, Tottenham at Stamford Bridge. Um, just another instant. I just want to draw under. Uh, quickly because we mentioned it earlier but similar thing happened where people were throwing lighters at Rudiger Spurs fans I think were throwing lighters at Rudiger it's just yes, that did happen people, people throwing stuff it, it just needs to stop they don't like Rudiger do they? no, no because they had racist abuse for Rudiger abuse yeah. 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 we and had that Tottenham said it never happened mm, of course they but, would but everyone yeah. heard it thing is with Rudiger like, he's one of those players he's old school He's a, he's a house. You, he's the type of player you want on your team, but he's the type of player you hate to play against. But yeah. as for Spurs and their their abuse towards him, some called for unnecessary and unwarranted, and it's un, uh, not needed. And there's no room for that. So they need to stop and stop throwing players because it's it's not on. It's been happening over the past few weeks. Different clubs, different scenarios, maybe different motives, but all the same thing. You can't be doing that, regardless of what's going on. Yeah, uh, it's always it's a difficulty really with with fans. I mean, yes, it's understandable they're rivals and they're going to hate each other. But in my opinion, the, the, there's boundaries certainly that shouldn't be crossed. And regardless of what some football fans may think, there's no justification for violence or definitely no justification for racial abuse. Talking of Rudiger, though, George, do you think he'll he will sign a new contract at Chelsea or do you think he will move elsewhere? Because that's currently, you know, when it comes to Chelsea players, um, one of the headline issues. Um, I think he's leaving. I think he'll end up at Real Madrid. From what I'm hearing stuff and that, and I just think he will. Um, he's a really good defender. I really like Rudiger. I was always surprised when he didn't play. Was it under Lampard? Yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. very surprised as well that he didn't Get play. My head I, was, that, but, I was furious about that, to be honest, because he yeah. was the player who could have that could have saved a lot of our games. Yeah, um, so I think in that sense, he's going to be a really, really big miss for you guys. But I suppose he, that you've got him for the rest of the season, unless you can persuade him to stay. I think if you manage to persuade him to stay, that'd be like a new signing, really, in the summer. Um, and just going on with the game, I thought, from what I watched, I thought Chelsea played the right. Tottenham were just Tottenham. Um, I kind of disagree with the Harry Kane goal. It's not because it's Kane. Um, I think as soon as you put your hand on 
any footballer these days they're going to go down. He went down exactly like Bernardo went down and that it went in opposite directions. But the slightest touch, the player's going to make the most of it. So, um, And he did push him a bit, to be fair. Whether we think it's reasonable force. Um, I think it's soft. It's soft. Yeah, it's soft. But it Kane, sounded soft to Kane me. Really. Knows, but Kane knows what happens in football at these times. So for him to do that, I don't know. Um, I thought he could have... I've, with Kane, I think the last couple of games I've watched him, he seems to be getting more into the game a bit. But like you say, it's ironic. Tiago Silva's up the other end and scores. But you can't touch anyone in football these days. So the slightest touch, they're down. And you, if it's if you're the one who's done it, it's going to go against you. Like, how many times have we seen, at least this season or in past seasons, you think, how have they gave that as a foul? Loads. But they go down like they've been shot. And I don't know. This maybe it's something the referees need to do realize that football is a contact sport. Well, this is what I was just going to say. You know, football was always known as a contact sport. And unfortunately, yes, the players do take advantage of this. If there's contact, they'll drop like a sack of potatoes. Can you imagine Kevin Davies playing now? Mm. I mean... Or people like that. Like people just barge through players like John Carew when he was at Villa. They wouldn't get nothing. Yeah. Like... It's ridiculous, to be honest. And also, I had Spurs fans, you know, arguing with me, saying, you know, this was never this and that. And then my argument to them was, well, look what Eric Lamella did in the Man United game. He went down like a sack <laughs> of potatoes. He then didn't get oh, sent off. Martial gone sent off. And I had Spurs fans going, oh, Oscar winning performance. Nothing wrong with that. And I said to them, I said, well, if this was yeah. done against you, you wouldn't yeah, be saying that, would you? Because when it's for your team, this is how pond life specific fans are if it's for your team it's okay but if it's against you everything's against you like ever, like for example for me when everyone knows what I'm like Arsenal like if Xhaka or Aubameyang or whoever any player for Arsenal I said Xhaka because he didn't really want to get sent off but if he does something to cheat because that's what it is it's cheating like what Lamella done and I don't think, and maybe slightly what Thiago and Bernardo have all done, I would say the same thing. It's not right. But there's fans who would be like, oh, well, was, like you just said, it was an Oscar-nominated performance. Yeah, he done well. It's just part of the game. That's the biggest phrase I've heard in the game that really winds me up. Oh, it's part of the game. It's not part of the it's, game. It's, it's not, cheating. though. Cheating's not part of the game, or it shouldn't it's be. Games and shit. I don't, it's more like game and shit, but like, it's not, I don't, it's cheating for me. Anyone who goes down to too easily, and it's, it proves it in the proofs in the pudding. Like when someone tries to stand their feet, they don't get the penalty. When they die, when they go down easy, they get it. And I just, I can't remember, it was a Man United game the other day, or it might have been the other day or the other week. And now there wasn't a free kick given, it got completely like karate chopped. I think it was when the last game Sancho played. Um, there, he was running on the win or something, and I can't remember who it was, but he got completely wiped out. And the referee said, "I'll play on." Like, oh. Yeah, people. I don't. I don't. Some of the decisions referees make, I don't understand. But uh, either way, 
it's done. What's done is done, I guess. Yeah. And nothing's going to change, really, to be honest. No, no. No, it's, it's, like, it's not Spurs going to should, change. should feel aggrieved in that situation because you're, that should have been a perfectly valid goal, but, yeah. you know. If you're lucky, you'll get decision. Like I've always said it's round, it, what goes around comes around sort of yeah. thing, like, like you get teams who get loads of decisions then like for example when it's not a dig Man United got a hell of a lot of penalties last season they've already had any this season and then Chelsea have had decisions that would go against them and then then they have times when it does Arsenal same sort of thing I think the only team I don't really see get much VAR is West Ham (laughs) to be honest so I don't know if they've I don't know if they've upset them too much or something. Maybe. But yeah, scripted. They they know who's winning. (laughs) (laughs) The next point I want to move on to, Matt, is good old Romelu Lukaku. And once again, he 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 was not I mean, the price tags are always going to be a, an argument against a player when they don't perform to reflect their price tag. And we know there have been issues with him and you know, good old Tommy Tickle because that he he did Lukaku didn't fit into his system and stuff like that. Then Lukaku went out and made all sorts of comments, which he then supposedly gave a sincere apology about. But you know, at the end of the day, he's not he's not reflecting his price tag, and you do question whether he actually wants to be there or whether he wants to go back to Italy. Um, that's a hard one. I'm going to be honest. Um, Lukaku when he turns up in the Premier League he was this unknown quality he went on loan to West Brom he went to Everton he went to Man United wherever he went he was scoring goals and he was scoring goals for fun and it seems that under this regime he can't seem to do that or he's not getting that Um, I think it's unfair for me to speculate on another team when you don't get the full story and the full story won't probably come out until the biography comes out or um, he does a proper interview. Um, I think the fact that he said he wanted to go back to Italy was was sort of a way to say, I am not happy with how, I'm, how I am at the moment and I'll be happy to look to go back to Inter Milan. The problem was that Inter Milan do not have the money at the moment, which is why half their they're trying to get rid of half their squad and trying to rebuild. Um, but it's hard. It's it is really hard to um, pick where you pop one. I can't even say who's playing up top for you at the moment uh, for Chelsea at the moment. Is it Verno or is is it like a false uh, striker at the moment with just say Pulisic up top? I, I can't really say because I'm not really watching. Yeah, I mean the strikers that you'd call strikers at Chelsea are not are certainly you know not performing. Most of our players that score for us are midfielders, really, and yeah, defenders, mate, defenders, and defenders as well. You know, you, you know Shane Long slash Timo Werner doesn't really score much. You know, neither do the other players in that supposed position, really. So, but yeah, win for Chelsea, carrying on in the third place. You know, a bit of a blow to Spurs, but again, there's plenty of games still to go. Right, so moving on. Yeah, that's true. Moving on to the next uh, part of the show, 
it's as always, we're going to do predictions. So uh, I'm going to go around the table and ask you for a score prediction for each of the games before we move on to good old in and bin. So the first game we're going to kick off with is the game that's been rescheduled twice already. Finally, hopefully it will actually take place. Whether it will be any more exciting, though, I'm not sure. Abdi, Watford, Burnley. Actually just been called up. No, Joe. Shh. Wouldn't it be scheduled three times? Scheduled first time, second time. Now this is the third one. Well, this is technically a third alternative date. Uh, yeah, yeah, third alternative date. But Spice has been called off, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, 1-1. One, one. Cracker. George? Yeah. Because I hate Burnley. 2-0 Watford. Why? Hmm, fair enough. And Matt? I would probably go for a one-all. I've got to be careful with what I say as well because I don't. I, I <laughs> might be getting a phone call from Burnley in a couple of days. So just to be on the safe side, I'll call it a draw. Oh, interesting. Uh, Burnley, we do. Yeah. <laughs> but Burnley, if he does, I hope you get relegated. Oh. Well, I don't know where uh, I'm going to put you in the stands next time you come up yeah. to the turf more now. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say, Matt. Let's hope what. Let's hope Burnley will not listen to this episode, then, shall we? Uh, <laughs> next game, uh, George West Ham Watford. Three uh, 0 West Ham. Matt. Two 0 West Ham. Abdi. Three 0 West Ham. Uh, very good. By the way, for my prediction, but Watford Burnley. I'm actually gonna go two all for that one. West Ham Watford. 2-1 Yeah, you never know Hopefully they I'm sure Courtney will be back by then Matt, Newcastle, Everton <laughs> A Tough one I'm going to say 2 all. Abdi 1-1 Interesting sound effect there, George 2-0 Newcastle yeah, I'm going to go 2-1 Newcastle. When we don't know who they're going to have still, then do we? Then who Newcastle are going to have? George's favourite team next, Abdi Burnley, Man United. 1-0 United. George? 5-0 United. <laughs> I Matt? That, but... I don't see Burnley getting anything from this, so I'm going to go 2-0 United. Please don't say but that. Burnley might yeah, as well not yeah. turn up, it's done. No, United will smash it 3 0. Yeah, hey, hey, stop, stop. Yeah, Burnley hey. might as well not even turn up. Whatever. Yeah, smashing performance there. Matt, Norwich Palace. Uh, Palace 3 0. Abdi. Palace, Norwich. Norwich, pa- Norwich Palace, yes. Oh, yeah, oh. Trezor, you want to say it? Palace, Norwich, Norwich Palace. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I was trying to. 2 2 0 Palace. thought you were going to say 2 0 Norwich there for a second. George. I really did. 1-1. One, one. Mm. I'm going to go... Paddy. I'm going to go 3-1. Palace? Palace? Palace don't always do that great against the bottom teams. Abdi, Spurs, Southampton. 3-1 uh, Spurs. George? 2-1 Southampton. Matt? 11-0 Southampton. I'm joking. 1-0 yeah, Southampton. <laughs> Matt's not, Matt's I would not love to see that. <laughs> Imagine version version nine nil against Spurs. Just yeah, Come just in reverse hey, for for a change. Uh actually, let's go Which for two. Actually, be nine nil now. Spurs. Oh come on! 
No. Different uh, have nine shots. George Man City Brentford. Three one City. Think they'll bounce back. Matt. Four uh, nil City. Abdi. Two nil City. Unfortunately, four one City. Matt Villa leads. Oh, that's a tough one. I'll go with a one all draw. Abdi. 2-1 Villa. George? 4-0 Villa. Woof. I'm going to go 2-1 Villa. Next one, Abdi Wolves Arsenal. 0-0. George? <laughs> um, 1-0 Arsenal. Matt? Uh, this is in February, isn't it? So the mm-hmm. deadline day would have gone, been and gone. Um, at the moment, I would actually put Wolves 2-0. Wow. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go one all. Next one, George, Liverpool, Leicester. 4-3, Liverpool. Oh, cracker, that one, Matt. Liverpool, 3-0. Natural floats, Leicester, so... <laughs> Uh, 3-1 Liverpool. Yeah, I'm going to go 3-2 Liverpool. And as Chelsea aren't playing that game week, that is the last game. So we're going to move on to in and bin next. So Abdi, George and myself, uh, we'll do this. And Abdi, have you got an in and bin for us? Yes. Um, Put Dennis in the bin because he... He's just done. I can't. I can't take it after what he done to me. Don't see his face anymore. Um, bring in anyone you can possibly get at that price point. Go for Chris Wood or something. I don't know. Get money. Okay. George. Um. So get rid of Dennis. Like I've just said, and bring in Edward. Mm, good choice though good choice right so my one again i will agree with everyone dennis in the bin he's he's not gonna deliver anything is he and uh if you're looking for a striker give edward a go because he's Black got... that. he scores loads oh no sorry just works hard just watch he works hard in the next game now yeah now, now you've now you've given him a a, a verbal beating you can let him stop yeah you'll be happy up. obviously and also the last time you criticized him actually on zoom it was Ars- wolves arsenal so <laughs> you never know you go score now but i will say give edward a go if you're looking to invest money elsewhere with replacing dennis i guess you could also bring Gallagher back, see if he picks up his form. But we're looking for striker, striker replacement. Definitely give Edward a chance. Right, that is the show. Thank you guys for coming. Thank you, Matt, for your debut. Hopefully, we can have you back. But yeah, yeah, it was fun. Cheers. Thank you all. We'll Just see you some, next. Uh, quick public service announcements before we yes. go. Um, by now, the, by the time this podcast comes out, the, we have a now Sportsman YouTube channel, and that has already. First videos are already up there. Go give it a watch if you haven't already. Give it a like, give it a share, give it a comment, whatever, interact with it as much as possible. Um, follow us on Twitter at official S Mania on the Twitter machine. You'll find on there our link tree 
to link to all our other profiles if you want to join. We have a Facebook group, we have a Discord server, we have an Instagram page now, we have a TikTok as well. So um, all the social media. Prepare a lot. We're we're all over the gaff, and uh, we're trying to do a lot more stuff. Hopefully, 2022 will be a big year for sports man as a whole. Yeah, it'll be a big year. And remember, if you subscribe to the YouTube channel, click that bell icon to get notified whenever we release a new video and be the first one to know when Sportsmania releases a new content on our brand new channel. It's exciting times. Share it, subscribe it. Notify. If we can put this podcast on there as well, it'll be, uh, I think we'll get a lot more interaction. Sorry, this is something. Yeah, we are also looking at that option. So yeah, you might catch our podcast on YouTube as well. So yeah, all happening at Sportsmania HQ. We'll see you soon. Until then, goodbye.